Don't forget to check out the book study. Sign up for that if you want to make that happen. Sometime in November, we're going to get together. We're going to discuss that book. I just got the study guide in the mail the other day for the road back to you um, going into the Enneagram. But I asked you to share your proposal story because I'm dealing a lot right now with couples and weddings. And I get to, on my questionnaire that I send to every couple that I'm going to work with, I ask them for their proposal story. And the one that I just read recently for a local, I'm doing their wedding this coming summer for a local, I asked for their proposal story and she said, oh yeah, it was great. We like took a helicopter into the Grand Canyon and it landed and he proposed. And I was like, okay, like I proposed to Ann just in a room and it was really simple and she totally saw it coming and there was nothing there. But I read these proposal stories and I'm just like, oh my gosh, even listening to yours. I'm, I'm like, this is crazy. And right now, homecoming is coming up here in the county. Yeah. They've gotten out of hand. And so like you watch, I'm like listening to how boys ask girls to go to homecoming and I'm thinking, well, no, no wonder when it comes around to proposal time that there's helicopters involved <laughs> and, you know, like all these crazy things because we're just pushing it up higher and higher. These poor, poor guys, like in the future, trying to propose. It's going to be out of control. Right now, Silas is getting his sign ready. He's got a sign that says, it says, flowers are the second prettiest thing can I go to Hoko with the first? And he's going to give her flowers, and he's got this sign to give her, right? And, like, that's his sign. Now, it's, she's going to say yes, which brings me to my next thing about theories. I have this theory when it comes to, like, especially if we were to back up. At least this is how true it was when I was in high school. If anybody was going to ask anybody out, Right? you really already knew what they were going to say. That's how it worked in my high school. That's how it worked in my college. Like, you found out things. You talked to the person's friends. You, like, felt it out. You just weren't really putting yourself out there. This was more of a calculated risk is what was coming. Like, you didn't totally just stick your neck out there and go for it. It just didn't happen. So a lot of these times, all of these elaborate ways of asking something, like, you already know the answer. It's building up to something, and you totally know it's going to come. I mean, I don't know. Like, there have been some proposals out there where someone's asked, and they've said no. Mainly, probably, in the movies. <laughs> because in real world, real life, you don't really ask if you feel like the answer is going to be no, you don't kind of go that route. I don't know. Like, that's just kind of my theory out there. There's this risk factor when it comes to doing that, and we're very against the risk. We're against it. And so tonight we're going to talk about, like I titled this talk, Love Ain't Simple, because there's this risk factor with love that we are very strongly oppositional to. And we don't like it, and we don't appreciate it. And the truth is, risk is built into love. Like, the whole thing's risky. The whole thing is. 
You can't get away from it. We want to, and you want to step away from it, but you can't do it. The risk is unavoidable because love is this thing where there's freedom involved, right? And we like it that way. We like it that way. Like, there's always the choice and a decision to be made, and there's this freedom involved with love. Like, like Silas could hold up that sign, and she could say no. She could walk away. She could just utterly flat out reject him. But he's pretty sure it's going to be a yes, right? Otherwise, he probably wouldn't have made this sign. <laughs> he probably wouldn't have colored in the letters, and he probably wouldn't buy the flowers. But there is that opportunity in love. There's this freedom and this response that comes out of there. And that's what makes it so sometimes uncomfortable, sometimes so scary. It's that risk factor. It's the idea that someone could say no, that someone could walk away, that something could happen that wouldn't work out all nice and neat. And it's pretty funny that like we always think it should work out nice and neat. I don't know where we ever got that idea, but the whole thing of love is risky. You put yourself out there. It can either be received or rejected. It's extremely vulnerable. Love can feel like winning the lottery, or it can end up feeling like it cost you absolutely everything. I don't think I know something that can be so great and so miserable at the same time, like other than love. It's kind of crazy. Now, we're going to keep going there because I think love is dangerous, and that's why I wanted to talk about it tonight. I think when it comes to love, we're always trying to remove all of the risk, as much of it as we can. Like, I'm working with couples now, and Match.com is huge. Match.com is absolutely huge. If you back up 15 years and we told you to go online and like try and find someone, everybody would call you A, crazy, and then B, they would say it would never work. But like, I meet couples that are so in love and they found each other on Match.com. It's really cool. And Match.com, what does it do? It's all about taking some of the work out of it, yeah? It's like, hey, tell us what you like. Tell us these things. Let's get you to this place faster, right? So you don't have to go through some of this mess and try and figure things out. We're all about taking like the risk out of it. We want to make love safe, certain, and easy. But if it's safe, certain, and easy, then it really just isn't love. The risk is gone. Like if, if I just made you love me, like robotically, and I took all the risk out of it, it's not really love in the end. That freedom doesn't exist. That choice isn't there. Calculated risks. Does anybody watch um, the show This Is Us? Mm -hmm. Right? OK. We got three people. Cool. For up. Uh, the show This Is Us comes on, and Silas walks in the room. And if he hears characters on This Is Us, he immediately looks at Anne because he thinks she's going to be crying. Because this show, yeah, this show like is a big tearjerker kind of show. And recently in the show, one of the main characters has gotten comfortable in his life. And you heard in the episode, one of his brother talks about him and says, you just don't understand. His success rate is like 100%, and he doesn't do anything that he's not 100% sure he's going to succeed at. 
That's what he does. That's how he lives his life. He doesn't take risks. And he's considering right now adoption in the episode. And so this whole episode kind of revolves around the idea of the risk that he feels in adopting a child. And then it pulls back to the risk of his marriage. And his brother says, you know, he only does what he can succeed at. And the only time he's ever taken a risk in his life was when he picked up a phone and he called you during college. And he said, and even then, he had me right next to him feeding him lines. Like, I was right there telling him exactly what to say and telling him how to do it. But like, this was the first time he took a risk. And he's struggling through this whole episode because his wife wants to adopt a child who's older and has possibly a story that's a bit hard. And he's really nervous about doing that because he feels like that kind of love is really risky. And he's right because love is risky and it always is. Sometimes you just don't see the risk or maybe feel it as much, but man, in that episode, I just felt like he's forgotten how risky love is. He's hit this place of just being really comfortable and he's successful and he only puts his hands to the things that he feels like are really going to work. But then when it comes up again, all these feelings and all these emotions flood the surface and he's just struggling with, man, can we do this? Is it worth it? Can we go through this? Lots of times I get to see the side of love where people speak vows to one another and they speak openly promises almost feels like a contract, <laughs> like out loud, right? And it's like, I promise, I promise. Do you promise? Do you promise? Um, recently, I just went to Aspen, and we stood at Maroon Bells, and it was gorgeous. And the couple said, man, we were looking through all those traditional vows, like the very traditional ones, and none of them mentioned love. How interesting is that? It just feels like an open verbal contract, is what she said to me. And I said, well, let's rewrite them. Let's put some love in there. Let's do it. Let's, let's go for it. And so we said something like, do you promise to go on adventures with him? Do you promise to be with him through health and unhealth? Do you promise to support him in life's tough moments? Do you promise to find new reasons to love him every day? And she said, I do. It was really fun. Now, there's also, though, this route to love, because I talk with a lot of adults out there, and I've got some in my life. I know someone right now, and um, he refuses to get married to, to someone he's been with for about eight years now. And he's got a lot of baggage and a long story. But here's kind of the thinking behind it. If we don't make any promises, it takes away some of the risk. This is kind of the idea. No promises, no risk. We're going to like kind of eliminate some of that, maybe even some of the pain. From my vantage point, I'm like, you've been together eight years. <laughs> like you're with one another. You're already in this. I don't know if you realize it's already risky and it's gone through some of the risk and you're there. Like, you can choose to make this official. You can choose not to make this official. Like, when it comes to love, there's unspoken promises that are kind of always there. 
Like when you enter into a friendship with someone, I don't know, what are the unspoken promises that are there? It's not like you sat down and you said, I promise to be your friend. I, I do. I promise to call you when I want to hang out. I promise to listen when you talk. I promise to try and be available. Like, what, what are the kind of unspoken promises that are in friendship? Because when I talk about love, too, I want you to think bigger than romance. I want you to think about whatever it could be that you give your heart to. Whatever it could be that you give the best of yourself to. That's what we want to talk about tonight when it, when it comes to love. I mean, it could be a project. It could be your job. It could be a hobby. It could be a passion. It could definitely be a person. It could be your family. It could be an enemy. Whatever it is, when it comes to love, love is super risky. Love is dangerous. It involves vulnerability. There can be spoken promises. There can be unspoken promises. It can all be in there. And it's pretty interesting to me that we're constantly trying to figure it out and to make it safe. Whatever, whoever you give your heart to, whatever, whoever you give your best to, might just break your heart. Again, it could be a project, it could be a hobby, it could be something that you put your hands to. Whatever it is, it might just break your heart. And there's also the chance of the opposite. Right? There's also the chance of the opposite. That somehow, as you pursue that love, like there's joy, and there's this lightness to life, and there's this energy, and there's this other thing that you didn't even see coming, and it's amazing. But most of us have lived a little bit, and we've experienced love gone bad. And so there is this voice of fear that pops up. And it says, hey, what? wait, 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 you can't do that. What if you fall flat on your face? What if this ends up to be a very embarrassing moment for you? What if someone walks away? What if they say no? What if they won't love you? What if it hurts or you're humiliated or your heart gets shattered into a million pieces? Our tendency is to listen to that voice <laughs> when it comes to love. Like whatever it is that you're going to pursue, that you're going to pour yourself into, our tendency is to hear that voice a little bit. And if it's ever happened to you, if you've ever stood there with your heart in a million pieces, I don't know about you, but man, it doesn't feel good. I've been there and it's like, oh no, okay, I call it quits. I'm done. I'm tapped out. This is over. I'm not going to do that anymore. I've actually withdrawn. I've closed off. I've shut off. I've said, okay, here's the deal. If I gave the best of myself to this thing that I love and it ended like that, well, then call it good. I'm not going to do that again. Kind of learned my lesson almost to speak. Like, I'm not going to throw myself out there again. I had a friend once, and uh, man, it's like, how many times could you call a person <laughs> and put yourself out there and get put off 
or pushed to the side or canceled on. And it was like, I really want to be friends with this person, though. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, they've got my style. We should click. They're really cool. Like, I want this. And no matter how hard I pursued it, it just didn't happen and it fell apart. And it was like, man. And in the end, it just doesn't feel good. I don't know if you've really ever loved something. I love surfing. I'm horrible at it. I'm absolutely horrible at surfing. When we went to Morocco to visit Kirk and Sierra Livesay, my brother-in-law and sister, we just got some boards. We got some surfboards, got some wetsuits. Kirk really hadn't been surfing very much since he had lived there. We went to this place. We saw the waves. They were big. I thought, eh, no better way than to get out there and to get in it, right? I was out there a long time. It felt like a long time. Was it a long time? I got a bloody nose. All kinds of things happened. I never got up on the board. I've got some really cool pictures of me in a wetsuit. And uh, standing next to a board before I go out, you know, like, duh, and all that kind of stuff. But I never even got up. I just got terribly exhausted and a bloody nose. And it's so interesting to me, like, how you can stack that up in your mind. Because I could have been really embarrassed. Like, I was out there. There were other people. There were some other people in the water. You know what I mean? And you're just feeling, like, kind of down. It's this thing I love, and I want to do it it's really hard. I'm just saying like love can make you want to quit. Bad experiences of it. When it shakes down and it doesn't end up like you think it should. I did this. I've, I've, I've gone that hard. I put myself out there. I did this. And then suddenly I'm not going to do it anymore. And self-preservation kind of kicks in. Self-preservation at all costs, you know. Like, I could have come out and been like, oh, man, like, I pulled a muscle. I'm just faking it, whatever. Like, uh, I'll just have to try again later. Like, whatever it is, however you shut down or say, I'm not going to do that, or you judge the future based off of that past experience. And now all of my experiences, the things that, like, I care about, that I want to dive into, that I want to, the relationships I want to have, I'm going to base everything off of that and not risk it again. I think that's where we miss out. I think that's where we miss out and we try and take some of that risk away and we preserve ourselves a little bit and we say, man, no, not again. Sometimes then we start to miss out on the love that heals us, that connects us, that like really brings us joy and expands our hearts. Because sometimes love being risky is that whole you know, one step forward, two steps back kind of thing. <laughs> like, that's kind of how we learn a little. It's a, what? Good Paul there. Right, right. And it just kind of happens. But tonight I want to talk about some of the risks you take. And I want to throw out there, maybe, maybe you're getting something out of it. Maybe you're getting something out of it, even when it's hard. And I want to throw in there quick, too. I'm not saying you shouldn't have boundaries. I'm not saying you shouldn't, like, learn obvious lessons and have exceptions to the rule. Do you know what I'm saying? Because, like, someone always has the devil's advocate running through their mind. So, like, 
I'm not saying like if if there's a toxic person in your life or um, if like this endeavor is clearly too risky, <laughs> right? I'm not saying, oh yeah, go throw yourself into it and make it work. I'm not saying that. Like common sense has to be pulled in here as well, right? Like I'm not just going to keep doing like something that's going to hurt me and harm me. That's not what I'm talking about at all tonight. However, there are times when you go through and you risk it and like you walk away with scars and those scars tell a story and it's a good story and it's almost like lessons learned and it enables you to move forward and to risk again, right? So like you go into an experience and you say, oh my God, I can't even do this. This is going to be so hard, but I love it. And I want to try it and I want to do it. So like surfing, me and surfing, like I, I will fight another battle another day. It will come again. I will absolutely surf again. Every time I've tried, I think I've only been up twice in my whole life and I've tried. And, and, but it's going to come again, and I'm going to go out, and I'm going to have some of those lessons learned, and I'm going to take them out there with me again, and I'm going to try again. Sometimes you go through something, and the things and the risk that you're up against and what you can lose feels so real and so huge that it takes like going through it and losing some of it and feeling that to be on the other side to go, well, well that happened but I'm still here and I'm still alive and I can still go forward. And then you kind of go through this period where you definitely need some time to heal. Time to heal is necessary. You need to go through that. You need to take that in. So then you can go and risk again. You can step out and make sure it happens again. Because one of those things, like when I go to my dark place and it's like, no, I'm done. I'm done. I gave the best of myself to that group of people. We had a group of people in our lives that we were dealing with for a while. And we would like hang out with them. We were besties. We were such good friends. And then like after time, time just happened and something changed. The dynamic, the relationship, like something went on and we, Ann and I were clinging to it still. We're doing everything we can to make it still work. We're just trying so hard. And then in the end, we just kind of came around to it and we're like, oh, I mean, I think that's just over. I think it's just done. I think we kind of have to close that chapter. I think we have to allow that to end. And it's almost like you grieved it and you went through it and you felt that process and that loss. And then some time healed. And then like when other Groups came back up. I was like, I don't think I'm going to put myself out there again. I don't think I can do this. Round three, round four. Like, I don't think I can go. I'm not a punching bag. Like, I don't want to be out and put myself out there again just to get rejected. But that's like fear speaking. <laughs> that's like all it is. And that's what I listen to a lot in my voice, in my little ear. Fear talking to me saying, no, 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 don't risk it. Don't put yourself out there. Don't do it. But then I'm like, no, you know what? I've done it before, and I lived through that. And I think I'm smarter now. I think I'm better now. I think I know more about myself 
Lots of times when you go through these lessons of love, in most of the love stories, you can ask yourself, so what did I learn through that? I pursued something that I really loved, and it didn't work out. It felt like it cost me everything, but I'm still here. So what do the scars say? What can they tell you? I wrote down some things. Through the love stories I've been involved with, I've learned a lot about my limits. I've learned a lot about my strength. Sometimes in love stories, I've been taught compassion. I've learned character. I've learned confidence. I've learned self-respect. Sometimes in my love stories, and this is a lot with my friends, they teach me how to laugh again. Because sometimes I hit periods where I feel like I can't laugh again. I learn to see from a different perspective when you enter into love. I've been taught to give. I've also been taught to draw boundaries. I've been taught to live lightly. And I've been taught that I'm not a punching bag, like in some of my love stories. I think you carry your scars forward and you go into your next time around and you say, okay, I've healed. I've spent some time. And I resist the urge to tap out. I resist the urge to not love again and to risk. And so now I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep loving. I'm going to keep risking. Because that's going to open me up to the love that heals, to the love that expands, to the love that teaches us something. Now, I've got a movie clip that I have to show you. This is perhaps my favorite movie clip in all of time. In all of time. Now. I'm going to try and get it ready, but I'm going to explain some of it to you before it kind of happens here. This is from a movie called Love Actually, which is one of my faves. One of my faves. Um, we always watch it when the holidays come up, but you're getting it early now. Love Actually, we're going to hop in. Ah, oh, yes. We're going to hop into a scene. There's a little boy in this movie. His name is Sam. Sam's mom died, and he's now living with his stepdad. And his stepdad has recently found out that Sam is in love. And it's pretty fresh after his mom passed away. So now you've got Sam, this little boy, and his stepdad. And I'm going to show you some clips from their story, because I feel like it speaks directly to what we're talking about tonight with this whole idea of love being risky. We're gonna hop to the good stuff here. All right, so we're hopping in. Nine. You guys can tell me if it's too loud, but. Come on. Hold on. 
All right, so now we're going to hop ahead. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, up there. This is Joanna, Joanna, Joanna. This is the show. I want you to watch specifically the interaction between the dad and Sam during this concert when she sings. I love it. Wait, I gotta explain one more thing. So she's a singer, brilliant singer. She's got the lead in their Christmas pageant thing, their holiday pageant. And um, he, Sam, the boy, took up learning how to play drums because she digs musicians. And he feels like if I'm a musician, she's gonna like me a lot. And so he's learned how to play the drums like in a matter of months. And he's the drummer in this pageant while she is the main singer up front. There's a moment coming. She's going to say the words, all I want for Christmas is you. She's going to point at him, the boy. And he's going to love it. And then she's going to say, and you, and you, and you, and point at a lot of people. And you need to watch that moment. <laughs> oh, I love that part. It's 
one of my favorite parts, man. One of my favorite parts. All right, hang on. I'm skipping just ahead to one last thing. I want you to hear a conversation between the father and Sam when he comes out. It's coming up right here. Here it is. So now I need the lights. I'll show you the end here in just a minute. That's where I wanted to stop, because I love it when he says, all right, let's do it. Let's go get the shit kicked out of us by love. The kid knows it. The kid knows exactly what we're talking about, that it's risky. And it's always risky, because the whole thing's risky. It's built in, it's unavoidable. Love is risky. I told a story last week about a father and two sons, and we went through and we kind of looked at it from every angle. And um, what's interesting to me about that story is this father loves his two boys. And the one son says, basically, I wish you were dead. Give me my inheritance now. And he just leaves. And the dad just loves his son. It's risky. It's risky. It's just built in. And you have this older son who's there, but he doesn't even comprehend the dad's love. And he spends all of his time trying to earn his dad's love. Like that's what he spends his time doing every day, trying to earn his dad's love. And his dad just loves him. But like his son can't like receive it. He doesn't know how to receive it. Love is super risky in all of its forms. When it comes to relationships, when it comes to like what you care about, what you're going to pour your energy into, and what you're going to pursue. Because it's the truth. It might blow up in your face. It might just do that. It also has the opportunity to not do that. But we keep returning back to this thing, love. I wanted to tell you quickly about my first love. My first love. Music. It's my first love, hands down. I can still remember like listening to Michael Jackson, buying my first cassette album that I loved and I spent my own money on and I bought it. I just listened to that thing all the time. I would sing along to it. I would dance in my room. I would like try and like just beat to it. I remember like the chance when I found this old snare drum in my parents' attic and it used to belong to my uncle and I pulled it out. And I just started playing that thing nonstop. And my parents were like, stop. But like I was just beating this thing in my house. I remember when it advanced. And um, my parents gave me the opportunity to buy a drum set, a kit, or get a puppy. Like this was the choice I had. And I was like, drum set, definitely. Like I want a kit. And I like brought it home. And I started playing on that thing, playing music. And music in general has been a part of my life, like almost in every corner possible that I've got. And ever since we moved here, it's been less and less a part of my life. And that has never been very comfortable. 
Like it's been one of those things that I almost like grieve and lament on a regular basis. It's like really hard. I wish I had never fallen in love with music, like sometimes. It's like super hard. We've gone to some concerts this year. They've gotten me all excited and ramped up again. We went and saw Ben Harper. We went and saw 30 Seconds to Mars and Muse. And then we're taking our middle son to a concert this weekend. It's his fifth grade birthday. And we're going to take him to his first concert, Imagine Dragons. It's going to be awesome. And he's going to be so shocked and so surprised. And in the past month, I've been so excited about music again. But like two weeks ago, I took my drums to open mic night over in Frisco. And I walked in, and I was ready to play. Kind of the oldest musician there. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of the oldest musician there. I haven't touched my drums, my, my hand drums, and it's been a long time. It's probably been almost a year now since, I, since the last time I did it. I got up the courage about a year ago, and I went to open mic, and I played. And I was like on cloud nine. It was amazing. This time I went by myself, and I went in there, and I shook hands with some of the musicians, and I listened for a while, and I listened for a while, and I got really uncomfortable, and I got super afraid, and I snuck out the back door. And it bummed me out for like a week. Seriously. I was so afraid to like play and get up and just do something I've done before and something I love, and, and it was just this hard moment. That's like my little love story with music. It's up and down all the time. And it can be really hard when it comes to love. The things we love, the experiences we want to chase after, the people we want to be involved with. I just want to tell you, until next time, friends, love ain't simple. It's risky business. You carry your scars and lessons learned. It's my hope, my prayer for you, that you may embrace the unavoidable risk of love. Yes, this could all go sideways terribly fast. <laughs> We've seen it happen. You've experienced it. There's also a chance that it might not. Regardless, I would encourage you to get out there and to get the shit kicked out of you by love. Because in the end, it really, really is worth it. It really is. Amen. I'm going to play the last clip. Because you got to watch this kid go do what he does. Right? Like, he's got to get... Like, right now, they're driving to the airport. They're on their way. And they're heading there. But, uh... We're not quite there yet. He meets like this woman right after. I know, right? Pretty amazing. So they head off, and then we've got this crazy story that kind of overlaps here. That's a really good story, actually. Could show that some other time. But oh yeah. Wait, wait, wait. You gotta hear what he says here. So they approach this security guard dude. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. Bullying, boss, sir? 
Now, the only last thing I want to say is I started wanting to talk about this just because of what's been happening in the world. Like when we're talking about like weather, like the things that have been going on from fires to hurricanes to earthquakes to volcanic eruptions like pending when it comes to like the stories that are in your circles of sickness that continue to like devastate and rock people's worlds, when it comes to like shootings that continue to go on, all of these things make us feel certain ways. And love is kind of in jeopardy a lot of times because we start pushing off things and not wanting to feel. 
and love starts to feel really risky. Like just by the events that circle us and happen around us. And so I just want to put it out there that like when all of those things happen and when love even gets risky in your personal life, keep going, keep loving, keep risking. Allow it to be felt. Allow it to break your heart. Allow it to like unite us and connect you. And in the end, allow it to teach you and allow it to expand your heart and pull you forward into the more of life. I sat in a meeting this morning and they were talking about someone who's just been diagnosed. And um, you could feel the whole meeting like pause, you know? And it kind of shoves all the trivial things to the side and it makes you sit in this space. And sometimes we're so like, no, life can't be interrupted and these things can't happen. But I'm telling you what, love is risky and it's worth it. It's worth it. What it does for us and what it connects us to and what we learn from it. So keep going. Embrace the unavoidable risk of love. It's okay to get the shit kicked out of you every now and then. It's all right.